Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Osmo's NBA Strategy Show with just a little taste of live before lock because, as we know, NBA action on this holiday Monday getting started in just a couple hours. I'm Adam Kaufman, pleased to be joined here by Greg Ehrenberg after a weekend. How are you, buddy? Uh, not too bad. And like you said also, so we're just doing the the kind of normal strategy show. We're going to go through the the games that are on the slates as a whole, but also... I understand the, the FanDuel slate for the early slate locks at noon. That's a four-game slate. So if anybody has questions for that, particularly uh, ask some of those questions, and we could kind of combine this into the overall game-by-game, game, but then also maybe some of the strategy for the early slate. If people are playing that and have questions, we could get to those and kind of uh, play it by ear a little bit and just answer answer stuff as it comes. You heard the man fire him off, whether it's in the Osmo Premium Slack channel for basketball, obviously, or on the YouTube channel. We got that open. We're keeping an eye on the comments section. Whatever it is you guys want to know, keep it reasonable. Well, it doesn't have to do with basketball. Maybe we'll mess around, too. But mainly basketball, let us know. We got eight games to talk about, but as Greg said, the first four. That is locking in just a little while on FanDuel. Uh, the first game on DraftKings is not a part of an early slate, so you'll have three starting at 2.30. So, you know, approach it however you want. Also a later slate as well. So before we even dive into the games themselves, top projected scores overall today, Greg, it's, you know, a lot of typical names. You have uh, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Christian Wood, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, guys like that. That's before even getting to the Nets and, you know, the Kevin Durant's and now James Harden's of the world. Who do you think really stands out as a good play today? Yeah, well, I mean, this is a hard question to answer because it's going to be different for the different slates. We, we've got sure. different ones going on. So if we're talking about the early slate, then I think Damian Lillard playing without uh, CJ McCollum, who's dealing with a foot slash ankle injury. McCollum's going to be out for an indefinite period of time as of now. So uh, we're going to see extra usage going to Damian Lillard. I think that he's the top pack option for the early slate. Then on the late slate, we're looking at the Mavericks potentially having almost everybody out other than Luka Doncic. So We've got Kristaps mm-hmm. Porzingis, tail end of a back-to-back. He's not been ruled out yet, but him coming back from a knee injury, I'm assuming for now that he's not going to play. I don't have him included in my projections for now. And then we also have the team dealing with a COVID situation. So they're going to be really shorthanded. It's going to be Luka Doncic kind of having to do everything for them. So I think that he makes the most sense as a payoff option for the later slate. 
El Negro Loco in the chat, happy to see Nerdass Greg. And uh, keep in mind, you want to follow El Negro Loco to get all the latest on injury updates. You know, the the second they are out, if not beforehand, he's got them. They're on his Twitter and they're into the Osmo Premium Slack channels as well. So it's a good reminder that you want to subscribe and, uh, you know, join Osmo Plus and all of it. And obviously, be right there in the conversation, get all the notifications, get all the information you need. And while you're here with us on YouTube, as uh, you know, at least a couple hundred of you are to start off this program, smash that like button, hit the subscribe button as Osmo is making the push to 50,000 subscribers on YouTube and getting awfully damn close to you gotta love it. Also, a uh, another person who is very excited that you are here, Joey says, Greg's back. Yes, I can finally cash again. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's good to get uh, me here, but everybody else too. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. I mean, if, if I was here with them, I would like Spags' goofy money hat and w- whatever else goes on. But sure. I won't speak ill of anybody when they're not here. If they're in the chat, then I feel like they're fair game to make fun of them. But not when they're not no, here to defend reasonable. themselves. Let's get going with the first game. And as Greg said earlier, any questions that you have along the way, even if you're going out of order, it's okay. We'll kind of jump around and answer those questions, help you set your lineups for the multiple slates that are available to you today across the, uh, well, there are nine games in the NBA, but eight that are impacted by the slates. So, you know, those are the ones that we will be focusing on in particular, including beginning in less than two hours, Orlando with the five-game skid in New York to match up with the Knicks for the Magic, Evan Fournier, Michael Carter-Williams, Al Farouk Aminu. Those guys are not playing for the Knicks. Alec Burks is day-to-day at last look. So what do you like here just to start things off? Yeah, so I mean, just talking about the Knicks as a whole right now. So Tom Thibodeau, who, I mean, talk about an old-school coach, as Kaufman too, former assistant coach with the Boston Celtics. Sure. Number one, he runs like an eight-man rotation. Everybody plays like 40 minutes per game. And then not only that, but he's also running a slow-paced team that just kind of grinds it out. So you look at the totals for Knicks games, and even the totals look like they resemble games from like 12 years ago. Because Knicks Magic, 206 total. We saw a game they played the other day where the Knicks had a total sub-200. You never see those kind of numbers anymore. So as a whole, Tom Thibodeau is really bringing a little bit of a different look to some of these slates. Now, this is a game only on FanDuel. It's not on DraftKings. So just talking it, about it from, from that lens, starting with the, with the Magic side, the one thing about this game is with the total so low, and they're actually being, even with it being uh, just a four-game slate on FanDuel, because of all the value here, I mean, we have the, the Portland Trailblazers on the slate. CJ McCollum's out. Joseph Nurkic is out. There's a whole lot of value there. So this is a game that I don't really have all that much interest in from the Orlando side. Not a whole lot of players that I'm getting exposure to in the initial build I did. Uh, a little bit of, of Aaron Gordon coming up, going up against the Knicks, just because his price is still a little bit cheaper than it was from last year. Aaron Gordon opened the season with a minutes restriction. Not really an issue anymore. He's kind of playing full minutes now. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, the, the offense has been pretty centered around uh, Vucevic, Aaron Gordon to an extent. And then, I mean, with the other guys out, like you mentioned, Evan Fournier, Michael Carter-Williams, there aren't a whole lot of peripheral guys that really stand out. And then I think there's better center options than Vucevic. Uh, So Aaron Gordon, really the only guy I'm getting a substantial amount of exposure to. Yeah, there's really no good kind of mid-tier guys that you're drawn to at all, whether it's R.J. Barrett, Cole Anthony, Mitchell Robinson, Alfred Payton, guys like that. I I just don't see the appeal. I mean, maybe... You know, if you're really uh, looking down at a, a James Ennis or somebody like that, but that's about it, right? Yeah, I mean, James Ennis isn't somebody that I got any exposure to in my initial builds. I only have him projected for 
17 minutes. So just not enough playing time for me to really want to get to him there. And the other thing too, is you look at the layout of the slate where I think that if you look at the point guard position, so Cole Anthony, somebody who have rostered a little bit recently, but we've got a low total for this game. And I think point guards are a really strong position to pay up for on the early FanDuel slate. So a lot of my point guard ownership is going to Trey Young. It's going to Damian Lillard. And then I'm saving money at other positions. So that's something that, that made it so I didn't really get to Cole Anthony. Austin says, Adam, I rubbed the like button gently. You gave me consent. Listen, just, <laughs> just be nice to it. You know, I mean, take it to dinner first, offer it a drink and just be kind. That's all. And the like button will, you know, return the favor. I can promise you that. Uh, Eric says, uh, love for the news. God, he's in the Osmo fold, like the uh, news feed as well. Personal Twitter, Osmo NBA posts, um, you know, all of it. So like, uh, appreciate the support. Obviously check out the Osmo NBA feed. No question about that. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, Evan's very kind. I'm not going to lie. Kaufman is the perfect personality to listen to after just waking up. Easy, very likable personality. Greg, is that your burner? Uh, no, no. Because everything <laughs> that I would have to say about you is that, but like the opposite. Oh, I see. Okay. I just want, I, I felt the need to check. Uh, let me see. Okay. This is good. From, uh, I think it's uh, Art B. Rojas. Uh, when you guys are doing lineups for a four game slate, uh, what do you try and use players from games who have the highest total? So what is your approach overall to just a smaller slate then? I'm just playing the guys that I like the best. So it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter what the individual, like is the total high is the total low in general, I'm going to like players from higher totals just because they're going to project to score more fantasy points as a whole. But that doesn't mean that there can't be players from lower total games that I like. So we talk about the Knicks side of the game now transitioning over here. We have Mitchell Robinson is questionable to play. This game has an extremely low total. Like I mentioned, 206 total between the Knicks and the Magic. But if Mitchell Robinson is out, then Nerlens Noel is going to end up starting for the Knicks and he's going to play as many minutes as he can handle in that situation. So Mitchell Robinson is questionable with a knee injury. If Nerlens Noel starts, he becomes one of the best value plays on the early slate. And it just doesn't, <clears throat> it doesn't matter that the game has a low total just because we have a backup who's now going to be starting that's a good points per minute fantasy guy and we and would have to play extended minutes. So I, I'm looking at it still in terms of projections, which guys do I think are going to score the most fantasy points per dollar in general, that's going to trend more towards game players in games with higher totals, but it's not a necessarily set rule. It's still just which guys are the best individual plays. Theodore says, can I call you Theo? Theodore, uh, Theo says, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm never playing any magic again. I've been burned too many times. I can relate to that. What about you? I mean, well, for this particular slate, I just said I don't like a whole lot of them anyway. So it's it's easy yeah. enough for me to not roster when I don't like them. I have some exposure to Aaron Gordon. Didn't really get to anybody else as of now. So I have I I don't think you need to force them into your lineups. So there's there's better spots to go on this slate. All right. Well, let's move right along then because we do have a bunch of games to talk about, obviously, over the course of this hour. We're here with you until 11 o'clock Eastern. So this game, part of the early slate on FanDuel, it is the start of the early slate on DraftKings. That is Minnesota with the four-game skid in Atlanta. First meeting of the year between these teams. For the Wolves, as we know, unfortunately, after testing positive for COVID, Carl Anthony Towns is unavailable. Juancho Hernan Gomez is not playing. Ricky Rubio is not playing. For the Hawks, Chris Dunn, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari, they are all out. Trey Young is, you know, technically day-to-day, but obviously, as you noted, the expectation is he is out there. So tell me how you're feeling about this one. Why don't you start on the Wolves' side? Yeah, so starting with the Wolves, like you said, Ricky Rubio's out, Wancho's out, Carl Anthony Towns is out. The primary benefactor here is going to be D'Angelo Russell for me. 
Uh, Russell, so there's a couple of things here. Number one, in general, we just expect him to have more usage with Carl Anthony Towns out. But then also, he didn't quite get the minutes I was expecting earlier in the year when we saw Towns out because of a wrist injury. But now that Ricky Rubio is also out because he's in the NBA's health and safety protocols, that means that we could pretty reliably say that D'Lo is going to have to play upwards of like 38 to 40 minutes. He's going to have to play as many minutes as he could possibly handle because a backcourt that's usually pretty crowded with bodies now becomes much less so with Ricky Rubio out. So the increased minutes and the increased usage for D'Angelo Russell, that's making him a primary target for me on the early slate. And I know that some people might have a little bit of hesitation because he did bust earlier in the season as a chalk play when Carl Anthony Towns first got ruled out. But, mm-hmm. but like I'm saying, this is a little bit different than when Cat was out with the wrist injury just because uh, Ricky Rubio is also out. What do you think about the pay down options, you know, kind of mid-tier to lower, whether it's a, a Nas Reed, obviously expected to return some solid value. You also have Anthony Edwards, guys like that. You could really pay down. Look at, you know, Jared Culver and Ed Davis. Uh, those are probably the ones that stand out the most. Yeah, so it kind of depends what the Wolves end up doing with their starting lineup because we saw earlier in the season them go with a couple different starting lineups. When Carl Anthony Towns first got rolled out, Nas Reed started and he returned some good value. And then he ended up losing his starting lineup jobs, Ed Davis. And then once Ed Davis was a starter, the minutes were a lot more dispersed in the front court. And then it became harder to find value there. So if Nas Reed ends up starting, then I think he is a good value play. If he ends up coming off the bench, then it's just kind of a hodgepodge. And there's nobody that I really think makes for a great play in the front court. Uh, at least on DraftKings, this guy isn't necessarily really a fan to a play, but more of a DK play for me is uh, Josh Akoji. Uh, just mm-hmm. because the DraftKings slate is a little bit harder to find really cheap plays to like as compared to the FanDuel slate. So with that in mind, I think that Josh Akoji at 3,500, he stands to gain extra minutes with Ricky Rubio out. Uh, he's also been starting for Minnesota. So I think that him at 3,500 is somebody that I'm going to end up with in a, in a decent amount of my lineups to save salary with. Taking a look uh, over at the other side, you know, obviously you talked about Trey Young. I don't know if you view him as being in a, uh, a truly smash spot. There are a bunch of other options as well. Clint Capella, to me, is always a guy that I am attracted to playing. Kevin uh, Huter is uh, another option as well. You know, those are probably the ones that stand out the most, unless you, you know, really want to pay down. Maybe uh, look at uh, uh, Okawango, uh, which I'm not saying that even remotely correctly, by the way. Those are some of the names there that I see that I like on the Hawk side. Yeah, you didn't pronounce Kevin Herter correct either. You gave him some, ah. some additional. You, you said his name like he's a tilde in it or something. I, I said it. I said it the way that it probably should be pronounced. The way the way that it needs to be pronounced for the world. It's not my fault. He says it wrong. Yeah. Well, I, here's where I'm going to agree with you because you said that he could be a good value play, and we have <laughs> here. Here are all the injuries the Hawks are dealing with. So yeah. on the wing, this was a team that was loaded coming into the season. But they have Danilo Gallinari's doubtful today. Bogdan Bogdanovich, he has uh, he has a knee injury, so he's out for the next like month or so. Then we have Chris Dunn, who's out. So this is a team that's all of a sudden pretty thin in, in the on the wing. And then also Cam Reddish is questionable play with a knee injury he missed last game. So if all these guys are going to be out, then Kevin Herter or Huerter, uh, however you Huerter, I think I said. Cuter, yeah, Huter? Whatever. whatever you said that was incorrect. By the way, he cannot look—he cannot look less like a Huter either. He's—he's. He's, uh, you don't know what a Huter looks like. Not—not not like him. He looks like he looks okay. like Kevin Herter to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if all these guys are going to be out, then I do agree with you that Kevin Herter would look like a good value play as a payup option. I do like Trey Young a decent amount on this slate. The Minnesota Timberwolves have been overall terrible on defense, and Ricky Rubio is one of the only decent perimeter defenders on the roster so without him in there 
Uh, we have Trey Young in a much easier matchup that was already pretty simple. So Trey Young, I think, is somebody to to pay up for for sure on the on the earlier slate, uh, particularly on DraftKings, and then I'm going to get to him a lot on FanDuel as well. Uh, and then Kevin Herter, should Cam Reddish be ruled out, I think that he makes for a good play. In the front court, though, between Clint Capella and John Collins, it, that's tough for me. I think that there's going to be better center plays that are that are available to us on the slate, particular on, particularly on FanDuel if we have um, if we have New Orleans Noel starting at center for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Although, actually, let me see something. I just assumed that New Orleans Noel had center eligibility, but he might actually be a. All right, never mind. He's a power forward on Fanduel. Um, but still, uh, Clint Capella at center. There's other guys I like a little bit more to him, uh, like Ennis Kanter we'll talk about later. He's going to have to play mm-hmm. bigger minutes for Portland now that uh, Joseph Nurkic is out. So Clint Capella, if I had to roster him or John Collins, I would lean slightly towards... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's Capella, but it's been tough to trust the minutes in the front court for Atlanta. They've been not quite as significant as I would like. Uh, so not necessarily a primary option for me, Capella, but since it's a smaller slate, I'll, I'll say that he's going to be in my player pool. Well, a couple guys that you just mentioned, we may as well get to it because we have a question here from Jets World and the Osmo Premium Slack channel. Capella or Cantor on FanDuel? What do you think? So I prefer Cantor right now. He is $700 cheaper. And then, I mean, also with Nurkic out, um, we'll, I'll pull up his numbers really quickly. He's going to have to play a big role. We saw that in the last game. Uh, Ennis Kanter, for all the defensive liabilities that he brings to the table, he's a really good points per minute fantasy producer. And we saw that last game. He played 29 minutes, 12 points, 15 rebounds, blocked a ton of shots. That's probably not going to happen again. But still, he scored over 50 fantasy points in his last game against the Hawks, getting the getting the start for Joseph Nurkic. I don't necessarily think we're going to see 50-plus fantasy points from every game, except I think somewhere in the neighborhood of mid-30s or so is probably reasonable to expect. That's that's what I have him projected for. So I have him being relatively comparable to Clint Capella, but he's also $700 cheaper. So Canner's a little bit higher of a priority play for me on this slate. Double R says, uh, Greg, your thoughts on T. Ross, early slate Fanduel? Uh, let's see if I have him in my initial lineups at shooting guard. Not really. And, and here's the reason why. Uh, so there's a few guys that I have coming in a decent amount higher than one of them. I already mentioned D'Angelo Russell, the other one being DeMar DeRozan, and then also Gary Trent, who I expect to pick up a lot of extra playing time uh, with, with CJ McCollum out. I think that Gary Trent is likely to enter the starting lineup and pick up a lot of those minutes that are left behind. And then we also have Adam's guy, Kevin Herter, who if Cam Reddish yep. is out, we're going to see Kevin Herter potentially play extended minutes and play a bigger role in the Hawks offense. So it's not to say that Terrence Ross isn't viable from a points per dollar perspective. It's just there's other players at this position that I prefer on FanDuel that has it so I'm not quite getting to Terrence Ross. Please, again, Huter, say it correctly. (laughs) 
All right, while we're on the Osmo uh, Plus talk, I want all of you to be aware you can get access to all the great Osmo Plus tools and content for nearly every DFS sport out there with Osmo Plus. The weekly pass is just $29.95. That is it. Includes full access to all premium content and tools on Osmo Plus, including player projections, ownership projections, our premium Slack channel, and so much more than that. I love it. Use it all the time. We have a special running for the start of the NHL season, which of course is underway. $3, uh, a $3 week of Osmo Plus NHL. So if you're looking to get started with NHL DFS, now is your chance. So make sure that uh, you jump in and uh, be a part of the process as well, because it's very exciting, no question about it. And while you're watching along on YouTube, smash that like button, hit the subscribe button. You can keep up with all our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, much more than that. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button, get alerts, when these shows go live. So right now we are focused on the early NBA slate. There are a couple of slates today, a few technically, actually, depending on the sites that you're looking at and the various times of the games. But the early slate, DraftKings and FanDuel, this game is a part of it here. Let's uh, take a look. Let's move right along to Detroit and Miami. And the Heat have lost their last three. Of course, they have been victimized by uh, health and safety protocols of late. The Pistons won the first meeting. That was just a couple of days ago, 120 to 100. Jeremy Grant, Bam Adebayo, they were the stars of that one. But uh, what will this one have in store? For the Pistons, no Killian Hayes. For the Heat, Avery Bradley's out. But then at last look, you have guys like Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, both technically day-to-day. Why don't you start on the Detroit side? What are you looking for from this one? Yeah, uh, also not a particularly great team to target, in my opinion, for this early slate. There's, like I said, there's a lot of value. The primary team that I'm really looking to target is going to be the Portland Trailblazers when we get to them. Uh, so from from Detroit, the only guy that I'm really getting exposure to in my lineups is Blake Griffin, just because he's priced down across the across the industry, and for good reason. He is clearly not the same player he once was. He's had numerous amounts of injuries. But with that said we don't have to pay the same price for Blake Griffin that we've had that we've had to pay in previous years. Instead of him being a guy who's priced in the eight to nine K range, he's now somebody who's priced in the six K range. And despite some of the struggles of Blake Griffin from a, from a health standpoint, when he's been on the court this year, they're starting to give him bigger minutes. Look at the last four games for Blake Griffin, 40 minutes, 33 minutes, 32 minutes, 31 minutes. The 40 minute game was an overtime game, but the, the bigger point there that I take away from that is that they are willing to play Blake Griffin very substantial minutes in competitive games right now. So with that in mind, I think that at his price point at 6,300 on FanDuel and then on DraftKings, he is priced at uh, 6,600. Since Mm -hmm. it's such a cheaper price versus what we're historically used to playing for Blake Griffin and the fantasy production, even though it's taken a step back, is still over a fantasy point per minute. He's still producing decently when he's on court. The minutes are trending up. I still think this is a, a good spot to get on Blake Griffin. I don't think he's going to be overly popular for the early slate. And the Heat, even though they're getting some guys back, I mean, still Jimmy Butler's out. There are some guys there that we would normally expect to be key pieces for them that aren't right now. And that, that makes them a little bit weaker of a defense than we're used to seeing. So Blake Griffin, I think, is an okay option. Uh, but overall, Pistons not a team I'm really looking to get exposure to couple Knicks-related updates from our guy El Negro Loco. Alec Burks with the sprained left ankle is doubtful. However, Mitchell Robinson, game-time decision today, went through walkthrough this morning. He'll be evaluated right before the noon game against the Magic. I, we'll go back to Detroit in a second, but just on that so that people are, you know, tweaking their lineups and current. I don't know. I, I tend to veer away from guys that are game time decisions in general, unless I, I really have a, a good frame of mind around this time versus worrying about having to play with my lineup 
10 minutes beforehand or something like that, unless you really have to, because it's a, a significant player. I don't know that Mitchell Robinson necessarily falls into that category, but is that a guy that, you know, you want to wait it out, see what happens, or you'd like to just avoid and set your lineup? Yeah. So Mitchell Robinson isn't somebody that I have projected overly well for the early slate anyway, but I still think we need to pay attention to it because if he's out, Nerlens Noel 3,800 on FanDuel becomes one of the best plays on the slate. So that's where it's important. It's not necessarily for playing Mitchell Robinson himself, mm-hmm. but it's because of what opens up if he isn't in. So yeah, I definitely think it's something you need to be aware of because Nerlens Noel is going to be one of my highest owned players on the early slate if Mitchell Robinson doesn't play. All right, back here to Detroit and uh, really you know, you talked about it. Not a lot of great options. The only one that really jumps out at me is is uh, Mason Plumley. That's that's the guy that I'm always you know tempted to play when it comes to the Pistons. He's in a good spot today. How do you feel about him? Uh, not really a fan. There's other center options I like, and that's that's yeah. really the other thing too. Is just we have like we mentioned, some people said they like Clint Capella. I said I like Ennis Canner, who's also starting at, mm-hmm. at center now with Joseph Nurkic out. So it's just compared to the other options, I don't think he really makes for a great play. The other thing too is for all the injuries the Heat are dealing with uh, or, or COVID situation, a lot of it is on the wing or in the back where like Avery Bradley and Jimmy Butler being out. But now that they have Bam Adebayo back, they're, the, the front court defense is going to be stronger for Miami than the, than the wing and, and, uh, and backcourt defense. Sitting at about 700 people watching the uh, NBA strategy show here on YouTube. So let's make the push to 150 likes. We've got 100, 150, one big push all together. Turn that thumb blue, folks. We appreciate you. David says the no hat host. It's like watching a podcast from the chemistry lab as opposed to the locker room. Are we the nerdy looking hosts because we don't have, you know, backwards caps on basically? Is that, is that what this is? Well, listen, Spags wears hats with, with money symbols on them. And is that, is that really <laughs> what's cool? Is that, is that really what's cool when you could turn around his hat halfway through the show and goes, oh, look, I have a money sign on my hat. If, if that's what's cool, then, then whatever. I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick being nerd ass, Greg. I don't, I don't have to be cool. Yeah. If, if that is what you aspire to be then that is your world. All right, uh, before we do move on, just on the Miami side, I know you obviously talked about some of their players, but anything that, uh, you know, people immediately have to be aware of that really jumps out, especially with, you know, potential value opportunities here. Yeah, so on the Miami side, uh, we have an injury that we have to look out for. That is uh, Tyler Hero is questionable Mm -hmm. play. He was one of the chalk plays two slates ago, got off to a really good start. And then uh, I guess it was his neck tightened up some at some point during the game or, or back, something in that area. But either way, he missed the last game. Then he was question. Now he's questionable to play today. So if Tyler Hero's out, in addition to Avery Bradley and Jimmy Butler also already being out because of COVID protocols, then I think we're going to have to look at Kendrick Nunn as a potential value play. Uh, Goran Dragic would have to play extended minutes. And also we're talking about the Detroit Pistons, one of the worst teams in the league. So this is a pretty favorable matchup for the Heat. Uh, Bam Adebayo, also somebody who's going to be in play for me. But if Tyler Hero's out, that's really what I'm looking out for, because then it's going to be, like I said, Goran Dragic and Kendrick Nunn as value plays. In the YouTube chat, David says, Trey Young burned me the other night. I'm staying away. He's in a slump. How do you feel about Trey Young just, uh, you know, with the way he's played? And not to mention, obviously, we talked about injury concerns. All right. So Trey Young was not good last game from a real basketball standpoint. But he had scored 26 points, he had 11 assists and seven rebounds. So he scored over 50 fantasy points. I don't care that he's struggling from real life, from a real life perspective. <laughs> His price is down on DraftKings and FanDuel. And the fantasy production, even though it was down for a little bit, a lot of those were really tough matchups too. So like he had a bad game against the Jazz. He had a bad game against the Sixers. Uh, he had some easier games that he probably should have done well. And except if you look at the couple games before that, they were also blowouts. 
the the Hawks as they've struggled this year, it's it's games where so the game against Philly, they they actually won that game, but it was by 16 points. So Trey Young only played 25 minutes because he didn't play in the fourth quarter. The game against the Jazz, he only played 24 minutes because they lost by 28 points or something like that. So we didn't play in the fourth quarter in that game either. The spread for this game, the Hawks are favored by six in a favorable matchup against the Timberwolves. They're not going to get blown out in this game. I mean, maybe they will. Anything could happen. It's the NBA, especially now. We've seen some really odd, wonky results for games like mm-hmm. uh, Coffin's Celtics losing by 30 points to the Knicks yesterday. So there's always, <laughs> there's always a point in time where you could have a team that's a big favorite that ends up getting blown out. But I wouldn't expect that to be the case for the Hawks playing the Timberwolves today. So Trey Young is probably going to be playing his normal minutes, and I wouldn't read too much into his struggles because the price is down. So I think it's even been overaccounted for. And it's not like he was that bad in his last game, at least from a fantasy standpoint. Like, yeah, he made seven of 23 shots from the field, but since he scored over 50 fantasy points, like, are we really that concerned that he didn't make his shots last game? I'm, I'm, I'm definitely cool with Trey Young. I like him a lot this late. There's also, obviously, with this question, a price discrepancy. But Caleb says, who scores more, Trey or Lillard? Uh, so for this particular slate, though, it's still Damian Lillard is the is the better fantasy option. The other thing, too, it's not like the price discrepancy is that significant. We've got Damian Lillard is 500 more expensive on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit more expensive than on FanDuel, about 1,000 more. But still, I think we have to look at Damian Lillard and what we're going to expect from him on this slate with C.J. McCollum out. And it's just going to be so much usage going through Damian Lillard. There were times last year when McCollum was out that we saw Lillard play over uh, play over or around 40 minutes just because they really need him to carry the offense when McCollum isn't on the court. Uh, McCollum's usage is way up this year. He's been playing a huge facilitating role on Portland. So Damian Lillard is going to be leaned on massively in a game today against the Spurs. Uh, he is overall the, the guy that I think you want to build your lineups around as a payup option for the early slate. We were talking about our pal Theo before. It says Collins, John Collins burns me so much. I got to buy cream. Yeah, well, I don't think you have to play him for for this particular early slate, especially if Nerlens Noel is in play. Um, at sixty six hundred, I think it's about a fair price for him on Fanduel. Uh, but don't have to roster him on DraftKings, which is a little bit more expensive. Yeah, I mean, one of the issues with John Collins has been the rebound rate is down playing alongside Clint Capella. So we've got Clint Capella, one of the better rebounding big men in the front court. And remember that even though the Hawks traded for him last year before the trade deadline, he didn't play at all for Atlanta last year. Then to open the mm-hmm. season, Clint Capella missed the start of the season because he was injured. Then he came back with a minutes restriction. And now that he's finally full go and we're seeing Clint Capella playing alongside John Collins, it, it really looks like it's going to hurt John Collins' production in a pretty significant way this year. So that's the the main reason that John Collins has struggled this year. I think it's just having to share rebounds with Clint Capella as opposed to just having them all to himself. It's a lot of conversation about Ennis Cantor in the chat. And, uh, you know, one of the questions in particular that multiple people have asked, do you worry about him being over-owned today? Uh, so let me see if we had, at least when we started, we didn't have the latest ownership projections out. So let me bring that up right here. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I don't think he's – well, actually, I'm not going to guess because I'm just going to bring it up. I was going to say I don't think he's going to be, and I was going to say like X percent owned, except I don't want to just guess and be dead wrong about 30 <laughs> seconds before I before I open it. Uh, Instead, just explain through it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, well, it's not – the ownership is up for the late slate right now, not for the early slate. So I'd say this. But you it's, like Cantor. Yeah, so I like Canner. It's definitely uh if if he's gonna come in at like 
like 50% owned, then it's a minor concern. But still, I think it's in the early slate where it's only three games on DraftKings, four games on FanDuel. The issue mm-hmm. becomes with with a slate that size, there's only so many good plays. So there's not typically going to be some contrarian option you're going to find where some guys like 5% owned. Anybody who's a viable play is going to pick up a, a decent amount of ownership. So unless we're going to see Ennis Canner come in at like, I don't know, like 50, 60% owned, I'm not too concerned with it because to me, he's, he's by far the top center play on the slate. How about this from Ryan? Canner at 6,300 versus Blake Griffin at 66. Uh, I have more exposure to Canner on DraftKings in my initial lineups. Brian, uh, so from Ryan to Brian, Brian says, I kind of want to go with Davis over Nas on DK for salary relief. Can't imagine either guy will dominate minutes. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so it depends who starts. So whichever guy ends up starting at center in place of Carl Anthony Towns makes for the better play. I think at this point it's probably more likely to be Ed Davis just because he was the guy who got the starts most recently when Carl Anthony Towns was out. But we've also seen Nas Reed start at center and produce some good fantasy results. So to me, the the priority play is going to be whichever guy ends up in the starting lineup. And we don't have that information yet. So I'm going to say I think it's going to be Ed Davis, but I'm, I'm not positive either. Let's jump into the last game on the four o'clock or rather the, uh, not the four o'clock, the early slates. We'll, we'll get to uh, later games, say four games late. Four o'clock just came out of nowhere, but that's San Antonio at Portland first meeting. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Year. Derek White not playing for the Spurs, for the Blazers. You mentioned, obviously, the injury with C.J. McCollum. As we know, Yusuf Nurkic is not playing. Zach Collins is not playing and so what is your approach to this game here yeah so I'll start with the Spurs side the the Blazers side is is the much more interesting part of the game Um, but with that said here's how I'm approaching the Spurs side also and I've talked about this on some other slates also when there's one side of a game that's going to be filled with value where there's a lot of really good plays I will Mm -hmm. manually boost some of the players on the opposite side of the game just because for correlation purposes I want to be able to get more of those Spurs guys in my lineups because I'm already going to have so many Blazers players that I want to add some correlation. So if the game ends up being really up paced and scoring a lot of points, which we've seen a couple of times this game, most uh, this season, most notably there was that heat Sixers game that ended up going overtime. The final score was like 137 to 132 or something like that, where if you could get both sides of the game in a spot that's already filled with value, it's just going to crush the slate. So I think that this could be a similar type of game just when we have guys like Damian Lillard to roster Gary Trent uh Robert Covington Ennis Canner I want to also try to get extra spurs my lineups to add extra positive correlation in case this is an up pace game so with that in mind guys like DeMar DeRozan Keldon Johnson DeJounte Murray these are all guys that I'm going to boost their uh, projections manually by a little bit just so they pop up in more of my lineups than they normally would have had I just run the projections as is. But the two primary guys that I'm getting to from, from San Antonio are uh, Keldon Johnson and DeMar DeRozan right now. I assume you're finding more value on the other side? Uh, yeah, for sure. So um, we'll talk about that. I've already, I've already mentioned it a few times with CJ McCollum, but here are the numbers also. And then, and then also that we have uh, Joseph Nurkic out for the Trailblazers. So Damian Lillard, who in the past is 
been a monster fantasy producer whenever McCollum's off the court. Not really any different this year. Uh, usage rating over 30%, scores over 50 fantasy points per 36 minutes with C.J. McCollum off the court. And Dame could play even more than 36 minutes. This could be a spot where they rely on him to play 40 minutes or something like that. So Damian Lillard, definitely the top overall play for me on the early slate. He's in nearly all of my lineups right now. He's basically a lock to be the highest owned player for me. The guy that's going to appear in the most amount of my lineups on the early slate for both FanDuel and DraftKings. So Damian Lillard, definitely somebody we want to build around as the value play. I said, I think that Gary Trent is going to end up starting in place of CJ McCollum. So at a cheap price for him on FanDuel and DraftKings, somebody else that I'm going to have a whole bunch of exposure to. And then at center, Anis Kanner, he's going to have to pick up extra playing time without Joseph Nurkic. He's also in line for, for extra usage without CJ McCollum in that lineup. So I think that Ennis Kanner, Gary Trent Jr., Damian Lillard, all three of them are really strong plays and three of the best plays on the early slate. We got about 900 people watching on YouTube, so now I'm getting greedy. Let's get to 200 likes. Smash that like button. We're not far away. Hit the subscribe button here so you can help Osmo to 50,000 YouTube subscribers. We are getting close to, folks. You know, we are rapidly picking up steam, 48.6. We'll get there by the end of the, uh, the, end of the NBA season. No question about that. So uh, how about from Chris, favorite plays from Portland, DKGPP? Uh, Damian Lillard, Gary Trent, and Ennis Canner. Still, still the same guys. Those, yeah, are, those are the three guys. guys I have the, those are the guys I have the most exposure to. Very good. Just wanted to make sure. And uh, let me see here. What about if you are just thinking extreme value, just, you know, real bottom of your bench flex? Well, not necessarily a flex, but, you know, a cheaper guy, 3K right at the minimum, Anthony Simmons. How do you feel about him? Yeah, so I think that if you want to look at him as a pivot play to Gary Trent, because there were games last year where he ended up playing the majority of the guard minutes where uh, CJ McCollum, if I remember correctly, McCollum was out. Was it a sprained ankle last year? Or no, that was Damian Lillard was out with a sprained ankle. And we saw we saw Trenton Simons split some of the split some of the minutes. And there was times where it was the bench guy and not necessarily the starter who ended up having the bigger game. So if you're just looking to make a pivot play for leverage in GPP, I, I think it makes sense to go with the the contrarian option who comes off the bench as opposed to the starter who's picking up more ownership. Uh, I'm going to have more exposure to Trent, but I'm not going to have none of Anthony Simons either. All right. That is the early slate, both DraftKings and FanDuel, folks. And remember, on FanDuel, it includes the noon game. DK does not. So it uh, locks in just under 90 minutes. So get those lineups in. Ask any questions you've got, be it in the Osmo Premium Slack channel, YouTube, whatever. We're monitoring both. We'll uh, send him over to Greg, see what he's got to help you set those lineups, obviously. Do you want to tell you quickly, don't make a bet without shopping for the best odds. Our friends at Odd Shopper here, betting lines, they change by the minute. They can vary greatly depending on which book you are using. And so that is why it is important to use Osmo uh, Odd Shopper to find the best line available on the game that you are betting on and give the edge you the edge that you need to beat the house. That is important, obviously, here. So head on over to oddshopper.osmo.com where we compile the best bets available for every single game. It's available and updated in real time. Sign up free today to track your bets, receive alerts when the lines move. So something you want to be aware of here. Now, there are four games we have yet to touch on. We've got about 20 minutes to do so, maybe a little more than that. We'll see. And that is the uh, later slate. Locks up tonight, obviously. Milwaukee at Brooklyn to begin things. First meeting of the year between these two. For the Bucks, healthy, which is great. For the Nets, Kyrie Irving is day-to-day. So, you know, at, at 
this guy is totally unpredictable, obviously, as to whether or not he's going to play. It's not an injury situation. Harden, triple-double in his Nets debut. Durant was Durant. So is Irving going to play as far as your latest intel? And if he does, how does this look with the three of them? Yeah, so I think we have to consider him questionable. Uh, so also keep in mind, he's back with the team now, right? Like people, mm-hmm. people were saying to me a couple weeks ago, or not a couple weeks ago, a couple days ago, people were saying, why does it matter what Kyrie Irving's going to do with the Nets? He's never going to play basketball again. I was like, all right, that mm-hmm. might be a little bit of an overreaction. He's, he's with the team, but still he has to go through, I think it's the COVID protocols for the NBA, and right. the Nets are also making sure that his are. If he's in, I don't know what to make of usage or how to project minutes or roles for this Nets offense. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, that is such a ridiculous offensive trio, but it's also going to mean that there's three guys who are going to constantly have the ball in their, or typically constantly have the ball in their hands. And I have to think they're going to cut into each other's production. So mm-hmm. the usage is going to be down for the three. I assume the assist rate is going to go down a little bit. I kind of want to see it play out to know what to make of it. The other thing to consider also is that they're playing one of the better defenses in the league in the Milwaukee Bucks. So I don't know what to do if Kyrie Irving's in. I, I think my overall gut reaction would be to not really want to play any of the three of them, at least for one game, to see how it shakes out. But the issue is that this is a four-game slate. This isn't like we have an eight-game slate with a ton of options, and it's hard to totally avoid three guys with this kind of fantasy upside. So my hope is that Kyrie Irving just gets ruled out for this slate because that makes it a little bit easier to figure out from a fantasy standpoint. And then we know that Kevin Durant and James Harden are, are both uh, good plays. But if Kyrie Irving's in, I, I think that what I'm probably going to do is I'm going to assume that Kyrie Irving plays less than full minutes for his first game back in a little while. And then I'd have some exposure to James Harden and Kevin Durant. But I would just match the field on them just because I'm so uncertain with the situation. There's so much upside there that I would just look at whatever the ownership projections are and be like, oh, James Harden's project for 20% ownership cool, I'll get 20% ownership to him just because I'm so uncertain about this situation. I don't want it to make or break my slate. So I'll just do whatever the field does on those guys. So someone says here on YouTube, that's the best thing you said all day, Greg. Fade that game. I'm fading Brooklyn and the Bucks. Now, do you feel that way? I mean, would you fade the game outright or are there just other plays that you're looking at? No, I do what I just said to do. And that is just look at whatever the ownership is. And unless you have a stronger read on it than me, like if you if you look at the James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant trio, and you think you know for sure which mm-hmm. guy is going to be the guy in the offense, then go ahead and go roster that guy. I don't feel that confident. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how the usage is going to shake up. So I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have it so any of these guys make or break my slate. I wouldn't play any of them in cash games if all three of them are in. Uh, but for GPPs, I'm just going to try to match the ownership to the field. And if Kyrie Irving's out then it's a little easier to just say, all right, Kevin Durant and James Harden are good plays. Since we're talking about the late slate now and not the early slate where there were all those center options, what about DeAndre Jordan? Yeah, I think DeAndre Jordan is is a good play. He didn't play a massive amount of minutes in the last game, which I thought he was going to and Jared Allen was ruled out. But it's, it's also a spot where going forward, I think that we're going to have to see him play bigger minutes more often than not. He only played 23 minutes in that game, but still, I mean, two games ago against the Knicks, he played 28 minutes. So I think that we're probably not going to see like 35 minutes or anything like that from DeAndre Mm -hmm. Jordan, but I expect him to be closer to around the 28 minute number. His price is still fairly cheap on both FanDuel and DraftKings. So I think he's a good center play relative to the price tag. And this might seem weird because you look at all the names on the roster. It's like, Hey, we've got James Harden. We've got Kevin Durant, but 
from a fantasy standpoint, we're considering price. I think DeAndre Jordan is the best fantasy option on the team right now. So as usual with the Bucks, there's Giannis, there's Middleton, there's everyone else. Is that kind of how you look at this game? Yeah, more or less. I think that Kev, I think that um, uh, Giannis is a good payup option. I slightly prefer Luca to him in the overall context of the late slate. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, I think that if you were trying to rank guys to pay up for, it'd be number one Luca for me, and then number two Giannis. Outside of the other guys, it's hard for me to really see what to like from the Bucks. So I understand that Middleton uh, would be the next guy, except he's also pretty expensive. He's eight thousand on Fanduel, and he's also eight thousand on DraftKings. Uh, looks like in my initial my initial run, I have some exposure to him, but not a massive amount. It's going to kind of depend on where the ownership lies from. Also, the other thing too, uh, talking about ownership, Chris Middleton's been way overowned on some recent slates. He's been a guy who's been in twenty five to thirty percent of lineups, and that's made him somebody I've gone over, uh, underweight to the field on. Uh, but as it stands right now with the eight thousand price tag, probably a little bit too expensive for me. Uh, so I, I won't have a massive amount of exposure to Chris Middleton. I wouldn't think. All right, let's go to the next game here in the interest of time. Dallas at Toronto. Now for the Mavs, there's uh, no Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell, Josh Richardson, Jalen Brunson. They are all out. Tim Hardaway Jr. is uh, day-to-day at last look. For the Raptors, Alex Len, Patrick McCaw are out. We've been saying that for quite a bit. I don't know. When it comes down to this game, obviously right there at the top of the heap is Luka, naturally, always a guy that has the, you know a threat to explode for 80 fantasy points. But then after that, probably more the Toronto side, right? Pascal Siakam was coming off a dud, Kyle. Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, guys like that. You know, it's it's just one of those guys where, or one of those games where, you know, you're you're thinking about paying up and you're finding your value elsewhere. Yeah, so I like the Dallas side of the game a lot for value, and the reason being is because not only do we have all those guys out for COVID, like you said, uh, mm-hmm. to reiterate, that was Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber, Josh Richardson, Dory fin- Dorian Finney-Smith, all key rotation players for Dallas. But this is also a tail end of a back-to-back for them. So I don't have Kristaps Porzingis playing right now. That's just an educated guess. He hasn't officially been ruled out, but I'm assuming he isn't playing. So with that being the case, that leaves Dallas with Willie Cauley-Stein, James Johnson, and Boban in the front court. Those are the only three active front court players if Kristaps Porzingis is ruled out. And then also uh, keep in mind, like you mentioned, that Tim Hardaway Jr. missed last game. He's questionable play with a groin injury. So we could see Willie Cauley-Stein and James Johnson both play significant minutes in this game, assuming that Porzingis is out. So I think both of them make for, for good plays on both sides. So Willie Cauley-Stein and James Johnson, those are mm-hmm. two guys that I'm honing in on, as well as Luka Doncic, just because there's so few healthy bodies for Dallas that Luka's going to have to do almost everything for them. Houston and Chicago, our next one here. The Rockets, John Wall out. Eric Gordon, Sterling Brown, day-to-day. Last uh, seeing here. Uh, for the Bulls, generally pretty healthy. Uh, there's a comment in the chat saying that I, I just keep playing Cousins at his salary. I feel like I need to say a prayer that he doesn't get tossed. What do you think about this one? Uh, so let, let's start with the Houston side, because this is another one where we have um, a, a different setup than we're usually used to seeing, because Victor Oladipo is making his debut with the Rockets. So John Wall does remain out, but now we have Oladipo in. I'm, this is another one where, like with the Nets situation, I don't know what to make of Oladipo in Houston, right? I mean, he was playing slightly better, starting to play with Indiana right before getting traded, but still, I mean, he's not the same player he was prior to the knee injury. That was a really bad injury he suffered about two years ago. They were really cautious with him last year when he came back. Didn't play in back-to-backs. They limited his minutes a lot. So I still don't know exactly the player that we're getting in Victor Oladipo. 
And then we also have to consider that he's in a new situation, right? I mean, this is a totally new team. And it's also a new team that isn't even the same team that we're going to see it in, uh, you know, in a, in a few games when John Wall's back. So I, I don't really know what to make of Old Depot here. I'm probably going to wait and see how he looks before he's somebody that I really want to get exposure to. Uh, also, he's at 7,500 on FanDuel, on DraftKings. Is he not in the DraftKings player pool? I don't even see him here. Oladipo? Yeah, why do I not see his price? Yeah, he's uh, our, our pal Alex Baker. He's got him projected at uh, zero right now, but he is uh, $7,500. Um, all right, yeah, I think he just – why can't I find him? All right, whatever. I'm just doing a dumb search. But, yeah, so either way, $7,500. That's, it, it's probably not a price that I'm looking to pay for Oladipo in his first game with a new team. Uh, there could be issues integrating him in terms of chemistry, and then there could also be a situation where he's not playing full minutes yet just because he was just recently traded. So I think the price probably needs to come down a little bit too because that's the most expensive he's been all season so far. Let's see. Steven says, I'm just not sure if Oladipo is not the same player or if it was the usage of Brogdon Sabonis affecting his value. What do you think? I think it's all the above. I think the Pacers, the other thing too, is remember before he got hurt, he was the no doubt number one option for Indiana. Then since he's gotten oh, hurt. By the way, not, sorry to cut you off. I'm seeing it. Old Depot is not DraftKings eligible today. Okay. That's, that's why I could. That's okay. Why. That makes sense. That's yeah. why I couldn't find him. I'm looking all through. I have like the DraftKings yeah. app on my phone. I'm looking through and I'm like, why, why is he? I'm thinking like, am I spelling yeah. it wrong? Why can I not find it? All right. <laughs> that, that makes, that makes more sense. Uh, yeah. I could, by the way, I could still be an idiot for other reasons, but at least for this particular sure. one, this one yeah. wasn't on me. No, um, no. By the way, that makes it that makes it even easier to not roster him on DraftKings. He's not yeah, 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 you can't do it. <laughs> um, but but that answer- being said, with the expectation that he plays in the game, you can answer that. I mean, how tempted are you to look at some of the other options for Houston that you might otherwise, you know, be more drawn to? Obviously, obviously, if you weren't playing, like you know, guys that that certainly will look like more appealing plays. It's just you know, when you consider the fact that he's going to be out there, it has to. You know, even looking at salary on DK, it, it kind of messes with your mind a little bit, probably. Yeah. So think about some of the other guys. Uh, and the other thing also, uh, just to answer that question really quick on on Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of column A, column B. I think that he's not quite the same player he was before the injury. But also when you're looking at the Indiana team, he went from being the number one option to being the number three option on the team. Malcolm Brogdon was getting more touches than then we also had DeMontis Sabonis, who is really the focal point of the offense. So I think with all those other players involved, Old Depot just wasn't the the same role in the offense he was before. So it's a little bit of all the above, and it's something that definitely hurt his production this year in Indiana. Now, in terms of what he's going to do to some of the other guys on the roster, think about the last slate we had where we had Jay Sean Tate, Sterling Brown, Ben McLemore. There was all these cheap guys that were all of a sudden we could expect to play big minutes for Houston because they had that, that big void at guard after the James Harden trade. That's not the case anymore because also Eric Gordon is coming back from injury after mm-hmm. he missed last game. So with Oladipo picking up minutes and Eric Gordon picking up minutes, I think all those guys who we consider plays lastly, like Tate, McLemore, Sterling Brown, Nawaba, that takes all of those guys out of play for this slate. Yeah, those are, uh, I mean, looking at projections, obviously, but considering that Oladipo is going to play but isn't DraftKings eligible as the uh, expectation goes, <laughs> there is, uh, you know, projections are kind of a little wonky right now with guys like Brown, Gordon, uh, Nawaba, certainly Christian Wood projected for good games. How are you feeling about Christian Wood? That's a guy that, I mean, he's a tough fade for me anytime. 
Yeah, I, I definitely like Christian Wood uh, for the FanDuel and DraftKings slate. He's been so good from a fantasy standpoint. I do wonder a little bit, is he going to lose out on some usage now that uh, Victor Oladipo is in the starting lineup? Uh, but but still, he's been so good. Uh, on FanDuel, I think the 9,800 price tag is a little bit is a little bit steep. Uh, on DraftKings, he's a little easier to get to at the 8,900 price tag. Uh, he's somebody who's going to be in my player pool, not necessarily a core play for me just because the price has come up, uh, but he's definitely viable. Uh, Ilya here, if Eric Gordon is ruled out, who becomes a good play from Houston? Macklemore? He's probable, so it's not really something that I'm considering. I, I, I think he plays, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't sweat it too much. Okay. Uh, we didn't really do the Chicago side of things there. It was, you know, heavy Houston, obviously. So looking around here, I mean, Zach Levine, obviously, is always attempting play. Wendell Carter, you know, same story. But, you know, is is there someone that stands out more than anybody else? Maybe an Otto Porter, if anyone? No. So the other thing, too, that is going to change the situation potentially with Chicago is this is another team that was dealing with with COVID situation, but now we have Thomas Sanoransky. He's questionable to play as long as he passes his next test. He's going to be in the lineup. Uh, Chandler Hutchinson, he's missed a game. He's missed games. He could potentially be back in the lineup. So we've seen Kobe White have to play a massive role in recent games. And it's not to say that Sadoransky coming back means that we see no minutes from Kobe White, but it's going to take away some of his playing time, and that caps his ceiling a little bit. And then maybe we see Zach Levine also play a minute or two less. Um, I think that overall, and the other thing also is that Laurie Markkinen, who had missed time because of COVID, he's now back in the lineup. He played last game. So that takes away some of the usage from the starters like Kobe White and, and Zach Levine. So with all these guys starting to get back now, it lowers their, proje- their projection by just a little bit. And it's enough that with the price also going up during the time that these guys were out, it makes them not necessarily the most appealing plays on, on a points per dollar basis. All right, we got over a thousand people watching. We're only here with you for a little less than ten minutes, so go ahead, hit that like button on YouTube. Let's make one big push to three hundred. We're not that far away, so smash the like, impress us. See if you can do it in the next couple of minutes. We really appreciate all of you for hanging out here with us. Uh, start to your Monday. It's crazy. Beginning of the work week for many. Once again, you know, for some, obviously, a day off. Either way, we are happy that you are here with us. We've got one more game with the late slate to talk about. That is Golden State at L.A., the Lakers. They have won their last five. First meeting between these two teams. Warriors, healthy as can be expected. A couple guys, key guys that are out for the season, as we know. The Lakers, Jared Dudley is uh, day-to-day, but for the most part, that's a healthy squad as well. So what are you looking at here? Yeah, so let's start with the Warriors side of the game. Uh, I think Draymond Green is really interesting from a fantasy standpoint because he's still priced down on both FanDuel and DraftKings. He hasn't necessarily had the best start to the season from a fantasy perspective, but I still think that Draymond Green is going to get up to speed eventually and then start having some bigger games. The minutes are not really concerned for him anymore, other than the fact that the Warriors have been in some blowouts. In closer games, we're seeing Draymond play right around 30 minutes. His price is much cheaper than what we historically see from Draymond Green. So at that price point, him being a likely contrarian option on the late slate, I think that he's somebody that it makes a lot of sense to go to on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Now, naturally, uh, you're always going to look at, obviously, I mean, Draymond, I agree with you. That's that's pretty much the play on the Warriors' side. On the other side, LeBron, Davis, it's always LeBron and Davis. It's a matter of, you know, do you actually pay up to roster both or are you just having to choose between the two if you're not fading both? I mean, those are, those are your three options. You know, I'm inclined, I think, for a, a slate like this, to pay up for one of them, but which one's it going to be? 
Yeah, it's going to be neither for me, but here's the reason why. It's it's not to say that they don't have upside, but you look at the other options on the slate. This, this slate slate is loaded with guys to pay up for. We have uh, Luca. we talked about. We have Giannis, and then on the other side of the game, there's Steph Curry. There's all the Nets guys. For a game that only has – for a slate that only has four games, there's a ton of guys to pay up for. And still, if you look at the LeBron and Anthony Davis situation – the Lakers are ridiculously good so far this year. Like they're so good that Lakers fans aren't even complaining about not getting respect on Twitter. Like they're, they're just sitting back. They're just happy with the situation. Well, like when's the last time you've seen Lakers fans content on Twitter and just because yeah, they know matter. they're, they just know their team kicks ass right now. But as a result of what's happening there with additions like Montrez Harold, Dennis Schroeder, we don't have to see big games from LeBron James and Anthony Davis all the time. Both of them are playing less minutes this year. They have lower usage ratings. Their points per minute in terms of fantasy perspective are also down. They don't have to lean on them as heavily. So from a fantasy perspective this year, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, their their usage and upside has just been really capped. And it's made them not nearly as appealing fantasy plays. They're both still relatively expensive. The price on AD has come down a decent amount. So if I had to roster one of them, he would be the guy I'd go to. But still, there's other guys on the slate I'd rather pay up for when there's Giannis going up against a potentially weak Nets defense. He's somebody you want to pay up for. We have Luka Doncic with basically the entire Dallas Mavericks team out. I think that he's somebody I prefer to pay up for. I can't say I want to pay up for every single player on the slate. We have to make the cut somewhere. And the Lakers guys, and given their recent kind of capped upside, they, they become guys that aren't priority plays for me over some of these other studs on the slate. I do want to, uh, while we have time, obviously make notes. So I'm, I'm just digging back in because some people had said something in the chat. I wanted to verify it. So I had seen earlier and it was weird because it was on the DK site, but I saw earlier that Oladipo, you know, wasn't going to be uh, technically DraftKings eligible for this slate. Something has changed because I'm, I'm now into the late slate. I'm looking at contests. He's right there. He's 7,500 bucks. You can play him. So that in mind, does that change anything about how you feel about Oladipo, this game, and uh, you know the way you're approaching it from a DFS perspective? No, and let me just pull him up really quickly. Yeah, so uh, it, it, I, still, it's 7500 It's too expensive a price for me on somebody who I don't know what his minutes load is going to look like on a new team. I don't know how the chemistry is going to look there, so... With all that considered, I think with with Old Depot, like I said before, just the price is too high at seventy five hundred. It's the most expensive he's been all season. Uh, there's there's other guys that I'd rather roster on this particular slate. The real impact of Old Depot being in there is is taking away those cheap guys that we had to roster for the last Rocket slate. All right. If anyone has any last moment questions, be it in the Osmo Premium Slack channel for basketball, naturally, that's the one we're looking at, or right here on the YouTube, let us know. And uh, we're here with you for a couple more minutes while we have you. I want to tell you that uh, if you're not able to watch your favorite Osmo shows, shame on you. We're right here on YouTube. You should be, but it's okay. Osmo, uh, almost all of the YouTube shows are available through the Osmo Podcast Network. So, Head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast. Check out the latest podcast for every sport available on every major platform. Once you're there, drop a five-star rating and review with your Twitter handle or your Osmo username included, and you could win a free week of Osmo Plus. We'll be giving away free Osmo Plus Pass 
every week to the person who submits our favorite review. So best of luck to you. I don't know who makes those decisions, but I'm excited. I'd like to read some too. So go right ahead, leave those reviews and uh, see if you can get that free week. While we do have you though, as I mentioned for the next couple of minutes here, just late slate in general, I asked you this more so for the early slate than I did the latest. We went game by game, but who are the guys overall that you are most drawn to when it comes to setting a uh, little mini classic lineup with the four games available? All right, so the players who I have some of the most exposure to, at least right now, uh, is going to be Luka Doncic on the high end uh, as a value play. DeAndre Jordan on the late slate is the – and you're asking about the late slate, right? Late slate, yep. All right, so for the for the late slate, as a pay-up option, number one for me is Luka Doncic. Kristaps uh, Porzingis, like I said, I don't expect him to play on the tail end of a back-to-back, and they also have a number of players in the COVID protocol, so I think that he's going to have to play a massive role in the offense – If we're going into the middle tier of players, Draymond Green, 5,200 on DraftKings. And then on FanDuel, he is priced at 5,400. It's too cheap for a player of the caliber of Draymond Green. He also hasn't picked up all that much ownership on recent slates. So he's somebody that I'm going to want to build around in the, in the mid tier, Uh, James Johnson, another guy who with, with all the front court situation with Dallas, like I mentioned, Porzingis not expected to play. And then we've got, uh, Maxi Kleber, we've got Dwight Powell all out because of uh, because of COVID. I think James Johnson, another guy who profiles as uh, as a good mid tier play, and then getting down to value, I think DeAndre Jordan's still somebody to to roster. Uh, there's no Jared Allen there for the Nets anymore. He's going to have to play bigger minutes. I know it wasn't really there for him last game, but still going forward, I think he's somebody who plays in the neighborhood of like 28 to 30 minutes per game. And even though from a real life perspective, he's not the same player he was in previous years where he was, you know, an all-defense player. Still, when DeAndre Jordan's on the court, he's a good points-per-minute fantasy producer. He scores right around a fantasy point per minute. So in in extended playing time for DeAndre Jordan, he's he's still going to be somebody who has to end up being more expensive than what he is right now. News God's burner account has weighed in, says uh, it's Lance. My two favorite guys in commentary for DFS. We see a News God. We see you. So kind. Uh, Double R, the player you are most underweight to, Greg. What do you think? Uh, for for which slate? Take your pick, I suppose. Um, Dealer's say, choice. I'll be honest. I don't know what the answer is to that because I, I don't know what the – like, it's so early in the day that I don't know what all the ownership is going to look like for later, mm-hmm. and I don't even totally know what all the value situation is going to look like. So any answer I give now probably isn't going to be all that accurate. So – I'll plug this for later. I'm going to be doing live before lock tonight, I think with Josh Engelman. And uh, at that point, 630, I'll have a much better idea of what my lineups and what my exposures look like for the late slate. And then I'll have, I'll have more, I'll have more clear answers for it. Uh, Austin says, no questions. Just wanted to wish you a happy birthday, Adam. Thank you so much, Austin. It's not actually my birthday, but every time that I show up on YouTube, it seems to be my birthday. So uh, you're very, you're, you're very kind. All right, everybody, everybody, message Adam Kaufman on Twitter. Yep. And yeah, just Let's happy 50, happy 53rd birthday, man. It's, it's great I, to hear it. I love that. It's great. Great skin. Great skin. It's held up well. All right, beautiful. Hit the like uh, one more time before you get on out of here, unless, of course, you've already done it, in which case I guess you can't do it one more time because, you know, YouTube only allows you to do it once. It's such a shame. But we are getting close to 300 with a 1,000 people watching. Just the math, it, it doesn't check out. We need more likes. Hit that like button before you leave us. Any parting thoughts that you have on this kind of – you know, personally, I don't really love the split slates. I mean, I know they, you know, come with the territory and you have them every once in a while. I just – I much prefer to play contests that, that you've got 
seven, eight, nine games available to you. That's obviously not the case today. You know, four in the early part of the day on FanDuel, three for DraftKings, four later on from both sites. Do you like this type of day? Yeah, well, I get to watch basketball all day. So, yes, yeah, so I like from that standpoint. I don't like that I had to get up early this morning and do extra work and try to figure out who I'm going to roster <laughs> on two separate slates. That's that's something that makes it a, a little a little more difficult. Uh, but, yeah, I get to watch basketball starting at noon until – later at night and get to bet on all of them with DFS. So yeah, that, that's cool by me. El Negro Loco says, Adam, you're a cool guy, but that's a horrible shirt. What are you talking about? Huh? Haven't you heard? Ask our guy, Jordan, Jason Tatum's elite also has COVID, but he's elite. That's not Jason Tatum on the shirt though. No, that's, it's lucky. Uh, are you feeling lucky, Greg? Uh, no, I feel, I feel uh, positive variance because I'm third ass Greg. <laughs> may, 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 may variance be with you today. Here's what you got coming up later today, folks. The PGA DFS first look, 3 p.m. Eastern, an hour later, the NHL strategy show. It's the uh, same show as this, but with different people and of a different name because it's a different sport. At 5.30, NBA Deeper Dive. 6.30, NBA Live Before Lock, as Greg said. He will be back. And then 8 o'clock. Yeah, we're not done there. 8 o'clock, MMA strategy show. These are all Eastern time. Full day of programming available to you on the Osmo YouTube channel. Look nowhere else because this is where you learn. Be with us throughout the day. Thank you so much. I will be back here. Same time, same program, different co-host. I'll be with Josh Thursday at 10 a.m. for NBA Strategy Show. Looking forward to it. Greg, always a pleasure, buddy. And yeah, getting up early kind of sucks. Yeah, it's whatever. (laughs) Thanks, Jordan.